Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, is your health podcast. A go-to listen where you can hear from Bermuda's best health and wellness experts, enthusiasts, and influencers. We will help you get the information you need to make the best decisions regarding matters of the mind and body. Follow the Royal Gazette on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for releases on the final Friday of every month. Welcome to our first episode of Best Health for 2023. I'm Akila Beckles, consulting producer and host for this upcoming season. I'm a wellness professional who instructs in the disciplines of yoga and also in Pilates. I produce wellness-oriented events at beautiful spaces around the island. I'm excited to speak to Bermuda leaders in the health and wellness space about the myriad of options available to support your peak performance and health. This episode of Best Health is presented by Lindos. Why go anyplace else? Before we begin this episode, I must express my warm wishes to Becky Ezekiel, former host and producer. Becky not only set this series on a firm foundation, but she also introduced me to this podcast and to this role. All of us wish Becky the best as she embarks on a very exciting new journey. This episode, we are joined by Faven Benega Northcott. Faven Benega Northcott is a birth and postpartum doula and childbirth educator right here in Bermuda. She's been doing this work for 14 years. In recent years, Faven transitioned to doing this work full-time after a career as a Montessori early childhood educator. Faven is also certified in hypnobirthing education, lactation training, and a trainer of childbirth professionals. Now for a conversation with Faven. Faven, welcome. Thank you for joining Best Health Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's exciting to speak with you. You are my first guest. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a doula. I am. And I think many people that have a connection to someone that has birthed a child or might be connected to work uh, around bodies or movement have an idea of what a doula is. Mm -hmm. But if someone were to ask you to explain to their seven-year-old child, Mm -hmm. how would you go about describing the work of a doula? Seven, okay. Good thing that I, my background is in early childhood education, so I can really break break it it down. down. Break it down, but uh, a doula is someone that is... um, trained in um, the workings of the process of child uh, pregnancy and childbirth and uh, the early postpartum when it comes to breastfeeding and and the recovery and it's someone that if you were to be the one having a baby who's had um, the chance to to meet you and get to know your priorities and your preferences for that birth and who would give you that continuous informational support emotional support and when it comes to the actual big event some physical support with um, comfort measures but also um, in the postpartum period um, give you some pointers and, and and tips with breastfeeding if that's what you choose to do so someone who understand your understands your priority but also who can help you uh, bridge the gap when it comes to communication with your caregivers um, and really uh, point out 
things that you might not have known. So, um, you know, a lot of us have blind spots about um, topics that we haven't um, experienced before. So for a lot of people, um, whether you're having your first baby or your sixth baby, every experience is different. Um, And I have a lot of clients who are birthing in the Bermuda context and, and setting for the first time and just really um, bridging the gap and helping them to understand how to achieve that ideal birth yeah. however, as they define it. So it sounds like your services are pretty far-reaching as far as the impact that would have on a birthing person's experience. I would say so. Because yeah. a lot of, um, when I was researching before we actually came in to sit down together, a lot of the online definitions of doula emphasize the the etymology of the word. So the basis is from the has a Greek origin of woman's helper, which is so simple in terms of the terminology, but says so much. Would you in in the Bermuda context are there doulas for work that isn't connected to birth, or has the term? now universally been used for the birthing context? Um, I, I wouldn't say maybe not in the Bermuda context, but um, there are, you know, there is a, a terminology for a full spectrum doula. So it would be uh, <coughs> birth, um, uh, pregnancy loss, and, uh, you know, um, just navigating loss um, in any spectrum. Um, but also um, there are doulas who help you navigate um, end of life as well. Okay. Um, so we, it's not very common in Bermuda, um, but, it's, you know, the conversation is... it is, is an area is, of work. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, so, you know, from, you know, one of the things that we know for certain that we're all born and we all die, and these are very big events in our life, and you know, who's around you and who's holding your hand, who's supporting you is really important. So. Yeah. It seems like there's lots of, or at least two sides to it as far as, like, the energetic support then also, like, the technical, informational support mm-hmm. that you give to help uh, birthing people um, kind of successfully transition into parenthood, right? Exactly. And, um, you know, that... That mean that can mean different things for different people. Just that success means different things to, yeah. to all of us. So it's um, a lot of my work, really. You know, we we do all, all the kind of technical and physiological training and and communication training. But um, a lot of the growth that happens in in my profession, at least I can speak for myself, is in in working with that individual and seeing the person as a whole. Um, and, and, you know, my background had been in early childhood education as a Montessori teacher, which, again, has a component of seeing the person as a whole and speaking to their physical and spiritual and, you know, um, self. Uh, so a lot of my work, really the hardest part of my work is really tailoring my services to what the person needs mm. and, and withholding uh, my own agenda or what I feel feel it should be and really centering their experience and their preferences in what I do. And that sort of thing I imagine is hard to quantify the the yeah. energetic impact or the change of the person. And a lot of the research that I 
reviewed around the work of doulas and like quote unquote effectiveness, it focused on they use the word outcomes a lot, improved mm-hmm. outcomes for yeah. a birthing experience. In in your experience, what what are outcomes that people are trying to either achieve or avoid? Mm-hmm. And uh, in your experience, that doulas can have a positive impact on. Yeah. So um, as as I mentioned, when I do my elevate elevator spiel about what I do, yeah. is that you know it's three things that I do. I, I provide support in informationally, physically, and emotionally. Um, so when we're talking about outcomes, is um, the outcome is what well, a healthy baby, a healthy mom, um, but also um, how, how they got there. Um, we live in a very technocratic and a system, uh, and I don't think I'm saying anything earth-shattering and yeah. saying that we have uh, birth is considered as a as an event that needs to be highly intervened with our um, we uh, Bermuda is one of those places where um, childbirth is managed as an obstetric event um, and it's you know it's managed with highly skilled professionals like obst- uh, obstetricians um, so when we are talking about outcomes can mean different things f- to different people, but we're thinking, okay, um, everyone has the same goal of a healthy mom, a healthy baby, but how we get there, whether or not we're, um, we're having unnecessary interventions or waiting for the physiological process to unfold on its own. Um, I imagine in the, what can sometimes be like the high energy or high stress environment of birthing, your role would be crucial then to help uh, keep things exactly kind of where yeah. you, the, in the direction you want them to go. True, true. That, that's very, very accurate. Um, but going back also, actually, before I forget, is um, there are some concrete things in terms of outcomes. For example, the World Health Organization um, has different recommendations when it comes to, to childbirth. One of them, which is uh, has become a kind of a, a big problem in the in our side of the world is the the cesarean rates um, so the World Health Organization recommends that um, no more than 10 to 15 percent of births should take place um, through a cesarean section um, and that you know anything more than that is is not really improving maternal and infant um, health. Yeah. Um, if you were to look at our statistics, you would find that that's you know two to three times higher. Well, so like in the thirty percent range. And higher. Depending um, on the year. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so a- again, that's you know that in its own may not say very much, uh, but it just depend. It it speaks to how women's health in general yeah. is 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 viewed and is is managed but also how um, you know our our system kind of lends itself into that high intervention rate um, now um, that's the kind of very technical outcome that we're talking about but, but um, yeah that there that a lot of the research talks about is yeah. the technical side of it yes and there is 
the really, really important part is the, the family's experiences and how, and that's very subjective. Subjective, yeah, and hard to quantify it is. in a way to show or tell others. Yeah, as opposed to that that can mean different things to you as opposed to here I'm you know we're presenting this, this as a, as, a, as an option here are the benefits and the risks we talk I you know our, my clients know that you know there is that discussion of okay what are the pros and what are the cons and you know what happens if we do nothing yeah. um, can we have more time and so a lot of my work in addition to providing that that um, perspective is encouraging them to communicate and to ask questions and to know that they always have options. Yeah, that's, I think that's important because um, like my generation uh, is birthing or considering birthing and you sometimes hear secondhand experiences that are described as traumatic and I I would say a surface level knowledge of the work that doulas do and I always kind of am curious mm -hmm. about what was part of their decision making not to have a doula and to what effect not having a doula impacted how traumatic their experience was and right. if it could have been a could have been avoided do you ever find when you're supporting someone that has previously birthed and it's their first time having a doula right what what are some of the uh, descriptions that you get comparing their experiences is it kind of stark the difference it, it I mean at at the very basic le level um, some of the things I hear is I can't believe I did this without, without you wi yeah wi without and and that there is a, a level of discomfort in in hearing that from people because at the end of the day what I did it wasn't just it wasn't about me. It's about kind of giving them, you know, there is a terminology of windows and mirrors, right? So really, you know, showing them a window to what's possible, but also showing them the mirror. Um, like so that you know that you, the power, power with, with yeah. them, because at, at the end of the day, I'm not making decisions for them. Uh, I'm not making the choices. I'm not telling them. I'm not giving them advice. That's yeah. actually a very, a very st strict um Bopa and <laughs> yeah, in, in my profession, I don't tell my clients what to do, but I show them the mirror and the windows, and you know whichever way. Yeah, so not not advising, supporting yeah. through their decision making. Exactly. So really, um, by just making that that call to 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 seek support, they've done themselves a favor, yeah. and they've gone that that step to to a positive birth outcome regardless of what it means for them. What um, what would you say, how do people come to find out about your work, but also the fact of you're doing the work is mostly by referral and word of mouth? Um, definitely word of mouth. Um, my, um, I'm aging myself <laughs> by saying that, <laughs> but uh, you know, when um, a lot of my, clients are coming through social media uh oh, we you know the 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 millennials are, are having their babies and they have a lot of social media presence and you know we live in a in a in an era where information is readily available well whether or not you have the skills to discern and to kind of analyze what what's accurate or not that's that's a different story but you know i'm out there i'm um 
and I try to add value to to that to that space by providing you know evidence-based and relevant information that yeah. um, parents can use um, so that's one um, and you know when people have Bermuda is a very small community and one of the things that uh, is a blessing and a curse is, <laughs> is that, you know, people know about you and when yeah. you do, when you're passionate about your work and I would consider myself that uh, and you um, provide value and you support families and you hold space for them in such a, uh, a very special time of their life, they're usually very kind in, in telling others about their experiences and, and recommending that they, you know, or cons- helping other families consider to connect with that. you. Yeah. So and but you also work with other doulas. As part yes. Of the doula so difference. initially, so my my journey into this work, as I said initially, I was uh, um, a teacher, a, an early childbirth um, a childhood edu- educator, uh, and I got into this work through my own birth experience. Um, I had. A my first birth was a. I, there were unexpected turn of events that I, looking back, you know, having done the work, uh, could have been prevented had I been, have I had, you know, my husband had, and I had, the support of someone or, or have taken the time to kind of, see what our options were instead of saying, okay, well, so and so recommended this and we're going to do that as opposed to finding yeah. out for ourselves. Um, so second time around, we wanted a, a different birth experience. So we went to a different childbirth um, class and we hired a doula and um, she was very, very instrumental in, you know, in, in having the, you know, a very transformative birth experience. Uh, and she happens to be one of my colleagues now. Oh. So I remember towards the end of the birth, um, looking at her and saying, I really want to do what you do. Whoa, uh, and, and at that <laughs> moment, yeah. you birthed a human and you also birthed this whole new career. Exactly, and and she said, uh, you should. She's, I mean, um, people listening to this and knowing what I do or some uh, the people who know who she is will know that she's a very persuasive and persistent woman. Um, and she's been my mon- mentor ever since and um so i five months postpartum did the doula training and um and have i've been doing this for the last 14 15 years now have you noticed a difference in the level of awareness from the community from when you started 14 years ago to say the last i would say maybe three years if we can use the pandemic as a marker for when Absolutely. Um, I guess social media use <laughs> Absolutely. skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I mean, when um, when I had my doula, who happens to be my, my colleague now. Um, I mean, we can say her name. Give <laughs> her the glory. <laughs> Fiona Dill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it was, you know, there, there was a lot of... Uh, what is the word I'd like to use? It w- people weren't clear about what doulas did. Um, and I think it took the pandemic to really, really uh, highlight the work, our work. I mean, if 
the the people that that had us um you know support their births knew that you know our value yeah but it took the the pandemic for us to really put on a different set of hats to say you know to really communicate with the medical community you know when we were we were de- dealing with lockdowns and you know exclusions from the hospital and you know that pandemic if there was a positive that came out of it is for us to really communicate the value that we bring to the whole childbirth experience mm-hmm. um and so you know, there were lots of emails going back and forth and, you know, people petitioning and that conversation um, during the pandemic when everyone was relying on social media and kind of connecting through, you know, technology yeah. that I think that, made the that difference. it has made the difference. And um, so um, I, I transitioned from the, you know, the education world into, into doula work full time education meaning the classroom but you also being do because yeah. you do childbirth I, education exactly right? yeah so th- from the early from working in a school to to doing this full time we we formed a doula collective called the doula difference uh, it has a website if people wanted to to look at it but i think the um working with other professionals really made the my job uh, you know our jobs r- much easier and it actually added a lot of value to to the people who were ta- um, taking advantage of our services so instead of kind of having one doula they were having a d- group of doulas um, with different life experiences um, you know the level of diversity was yeah, just must be a richer um, degree of support as well exactly exactly so we have a, a really good reputation on the island um, and we're really fortunate to to have been, you know, to have seen our, our clients through what has been a very, very difficult period in terms of childbirth and, and you know, um, during the pandemic. Yeah, in the context of the restrictions we had. Exactly, the pandemic. yeah. What, so we've talked a little bit about the the improvement in the level of education and awareness of the public for doulas and the work that doulas do what would you say has been the change if any with the relationship between doulas and um, the medical community um like some people out there say when I was preparing for this podcast and talking to people about what my first episode would be about and who was the first guest uh, someone a generation above me said well what's the difference between a doula and a Midway. So I guess my question would be, how integrated is your work with the actual medical professionals during the the entire pregnancy and birthing process? Um, we, it's so I wouldn't say it's integrated, but it's you know we we can work collaboratively with with any medical or you know uh, other professional allied birth professional that our clients. Um, choose to go with so um um our you know like birth professional like a midwife or a, what's a, a, a mid, uh, you know physiotherapist oh. so we you know one of the things that um that d- uh, kind of distinguishes us from other professionals is you know that we we're not medical professionals but we we 
our kind of superpower is in giving you a, a wealth of information so that you can, you know, we can scratch the surface for you and then you can explore to see what um, resonates with you and what you need um, for the type of person and birther you are. Um, so we we can, you know, if, if, if our client chooses to have an out-of-hospital birth, then we we work seamlessly within within that context. If you know when our um, clients birth in the hospital, which happens you know ninety nine percent of the time, um, then you know we help them navigate that system, and you know we have a very respectful working relationship with with the obstetricians, but also the midwives uh, within the hospital. Is the role of a doula? as far as like your presence and how you interact in the hospital setting different in Bermuda than it would be in other larger countries? Is it similar? I would say, you know, we, we are held by uh, specific codes and guidelines as, as, prof- as non-medical support professionals. Um, obviously, it al- it's our relationship to, to kind of find out what, you know, what the requirements of yeah. each context is um, in Bermuda we don't have birth centers so but you know um, doulas in other places would would work within that system um, there are certain nuances that are not that are kind of specific to to the area but there aren't any big like difference not the work itself just how yeah. it's carried out might change slightly yeah yeah and but that that as again those three informational, you know, emotional and physical support are the same across the board. Um, and some of us, depending on the era that we are living in, we might have taken a more advocacy role uh, within our community. Um, and advocacy does not mean starting a riot, <laughs> but it just means that kind of really being the communicators and asking questions and really understanding the other person's um, perspective so that at the end of the day our clients we're centering our clients are getting the best possible care and uh, coming out of the the birth experience not traumatized but transformed yeah what aspects of this role have been transformative for you the way you described your journey it sounds transformative is there anything that stands out as something that you didn't experience or think about before you were doula, and now it's part of your everyday thinking or practices. Um, I, th- it's really hard to to, to put to put it yeah. into words. Uh, but I think that's I think beautiful in a lot of ways because yeah. if it's that transformative, like how it, can you pick one little bit? Um, I think you know. If I, I was um, I was having a conversation with um, my I, I had a doctor's appointment today a, a physical and she was a, my doctor was asking me about my work and um, I've never been a person to enjoy instant gratification oh. um, but um, there is that level of instant gratification because you're working from person to person and um, regardless of how the the birth turned out or um, you know, it's it's hard work. It's one of the hardest things that we do as as people. Um, feeling that, l- seeing that level of uh, feeling empowered, and I did this. I I birthed a human, and yeah. I spoke up, and 
I persevered or I did something really hard and and seeing that transformation and really um, seeing two people um, in most cases you know sometimes I, I work with single parents where there aren't two parents but seeing that first gaze and the parents falling in love with it with, with this child that that was growing within them that's uh, you can't quantify it you can't put a do- dollar value no. in that it's it's indescribable and unlike anyone else in the community you get to experience that yeah in and i jokingly <laughs> yeah i jokingly say you know i have um a few of my my first doula babies are teenagers now and when they act up we <laughs> live in we live in a small community for me to see them and you know thankfully I had friends and family that trusted me to be in the birthing room um in my early like days as a trainer as, as a yeah, trainee yeah to so that I can get the experience and so I see those children and I kind of threatened. <laughs> it's like I've seen you without your diapers. <laughs> Would you like to when reconsider you were, when you were fresh in the world? Yes, exactly. So but it's it's a very it's a very special role. Um and people will never forget how So I I am friends with one of your colleagues, uh Janae, and I we've spoken before about the work that you do and like what the the what the charge out rates for your services are. I, as a professional that also charges for my time and my expertise, I was so curious about how you could possibly come up with a number. What was your process for coming up with what your fee is for your doula services when it's something that's so nuanced and the benefits are hard to describe and so much more than any like it is priceless right it so is. how do you as um, professionals hmm. it was it, it it has evolved um you know uh, when i was practicing as a kind of solo doula but with again with the support of other doulas as backup when, when and I, when i was in the classroom it was you know, I was looking at what other doulas were charging, newer, you know, to to the to the doula world. Um, there wasn't like an exact science, but you know, you just put um, a dollar value. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think as someone who provides a service, as a as a person who works with other people, you want your you want you don't want money finances to become to come in the way of that person accessing that service so so there so there have been some some challenging moments where you're you know you always you always have to kind of charge for the for the time and energy and you know um, and the amount of research that you have to do to to stay current it's not about you know for us it's you don't do the doula training mm, and then done. you stop you you have to be a li- lifelong learner and um, I haven't met a doula who's not that um, so that that t- takes time but also time is money so trying to uh, be, be adequately remunerated yeah yeah is is a challenge so um, you know, over the years, I've, you know, I've done professional um, trainings and and 
um, I'm con constantly trying to kind of evolve and also with, with our colleagues um, thinking about the cost of living and even thinking about other um, services within, you know, in that similar, you know, the cost of um, a baby shower, for example, yeah. or a, a wedding. It's, you know, though it's, it's within that realm of importance, you know, having a baby and having a supported uh, yeah. birth is is as important so trying to i imagine like once someone is far far enough along in their decision making process they they of wanting the support of a doula mm -hmm. they're probably already seeing it as an investment yes definitely and we you know it's again it's framing it as, a, as an investment um it's kind of hard for for clients to um to see what to expect because they, the end, especially they, if they've they not have, worked and they haven't have been through it i imagine exactly uh, but we you know we we try to our best to to make this accessible to as many people as possible um i've worked um with a bartering system when you know someone had skills and i you know skill share um exchanging um you know i've had someone give me a, a patty certification for in return for the services so there is always a yeah, way skill for um, skill. and again it's it's about you know communicating and if you don't ask you don't get so uh, we try to we try our, our really really our best to to make that accessible to as many people who want the services as possible what what do you find you mentioned the partners and spouses as um non-doula trained support people what ways do you see that they benefit from the services of a doula because i think in the community there's a little bit of thought like oh well i have a husband or i have this or yeah. my sister's coming why do i need a doula yeah. what do you see with the clients that you work what what benefit do partners spouses support people get from their being delegated yeah. doula service we're there for the for the partners as much as we are for for the parent, oh, so you're supporting them the birthing as well. parents, yeah. So it, it allows the 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 partner to be fully present in, in the um, in the experience. It is their child too. So even though they're not physically birthing, um, it is an emotional time. It's you, it is the one time, or if you <laughs> are having multiple. multiple babies, it's the time that you see your partner doing the you know the most the hardest work and the most challenging work um, and it's not something that you can physically take away uh, so we help them be you know be in the ex experience we we provide some perspective into what's happening a lot of what we do or what I say in the birthing room is this is normal she's doing great um, and just reminding them giving them some pointers on, uh, on how to, to, to support their partner. Um, and a lot of our referrals come from partners ah. um, because they'll say, dude, she's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Her body knows how to do this, but do you have to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's great to hear that the benefit is completely it's being yeah it's appreciated by the partners yeah and it's so uh, sometimes you know the the 
pregnant person will call us and like, uh, I definitely want to do that, but can you talk to my partner and explain what you do? And then once we've had the conversation, I'm never there to replace you. And as long as students, they know that. Yeah, there's two different roles. Yeah. Um, Separate but connected. Exactly. And I've seen some, again, because of social media, I've seen clips of the work that doulas do, say, in the delivery room or the birthing center or the home during the labor process, and it seems quite physical. Is that your experience? Yes. Um, I have left a, 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 a birth with feeling my arms from doing what we call a double <laughs> hip squeeze. And I know uh, uh, my other doula colleagues can attest to that. Birth is a physical, you know, it's a physiological experience. Your body is doing different things to move the ba baby down. And um, as I mentioned, the, you know, the physical aspect of the work is giving physical support. So it might be, you know, a, a back rub or, you know, squeezing the hips so that the, um, the the pelvis can open optimally to to release the baby, um, so well, it like could manual support exactly support. it it is um, and you know different people will make different choices about their you know the, the managing and and uh, coping with with the pain and or the discomfort. So some people would go for pharmaceuticals, um, and others will choose to not have pain relief and when that happens you know in, in both contexts we, we provide there physical support. physical support but you know um, part of my recovery process <laughs> afterwards is making sure that I look after my body. I was going to ask that yeah. next like yeah. you're, you're giving so much is there any particular ritual that you have as an individual for after birth? I gift myself a massage. Nice. <laughs> um I sleep. I, I and all of these are investments yeah, back yeah. into you and into your work, so that well. I can continue to do this work. Um, you know, making sure that I'm my body has the you know the minerals to to help um, recover. Yeah. Um, because there might be times when I do very little hands-on support, but you know the the support might be you know emotional support, um, and when you're working with humans and individuals it's always that you know there's a lot of energy that you're giving to do the work to the best of your ability so um that's been kind of uh, one of the things that i had to learn for myself and to find out you know what is it that i really need to to recover to recover from a birth not not because it's a recover you know just making sure that i'm in the best shape, shape I can be for the next birth. Yeah. And also be present, you know, for daily life and for my family as well. Your, the process can start early on with you as far as preparing for birth because of how you offer the childbirth education classes. How much crossover do you see between those learning about the birthing process and then deciding to invest in doula services? Or are most people that decide to engage in your childbirth course already decided that they want the services of a doula? It's, it, I think it's about, I would say, now I like data, so I, I don't want to 
be held to these numbers, but I would <laughs> say 50-50. Um, you know, there are people who want to be prepared and know what to expect and will come to our classes um, and realize after, you know, the weekend that we spend 12 hours that, wow, this, there's a, a lot to think about and wow, wouldn't it be nice to have another person to, to kind of help us navigate that. And then there is another um, population who would contact us early on in their pregnancy because they've heard or they've read or um, somehow, you know, a friend has told them about our services and then we talk about, you know, and have you considered childbirth classes so that you know exactly um, what the options are so that you can make the choices that are right for you. So I would say it would go, it goes either way. But I would say um, both <laughs> um, all of us who offer childbirth service, um, education services, um, find out that we might get, you know, a couple of requests after that, the time that we spend with, with, the, with the classes with parents. So we were talking a lot about the environment that one breaths in and part of your role ensuring the safety and security and the comfort. What was the oddest request that you may have gotten in your work for helping a breathing person to feel safe or supported, comfortable? Ooh. Um, the oddest request. I was thinking about that when you sent me that um, ahead of time. I think it's it's I wouldn't say it's odd, but it's a if uh, it's a if we leave women to to do what they do and what their body is designed to do, uh, and if they're not fearful, they usually would gravitate to the <laughs> to the darkest and smallest part of their environment, oh. which whichever that might be, um, and I would uh, you know. To create people, that kind of space. Yeah, and the toilet is one of them. And where, you know, so a, a lot of um, women would would find, you know, the bathroom stall a nice safe space because that, you know, if you think about it, that's it's one of the most private moments that you would have in your daily life and your body already. There's muscle memory to, to release and to, to open up. So I would say it's it, it's not odd to me, but it might be odd to people who would not be in the kind yeah, of in the realm. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that answer, mm -hmm. but yeah, the way you explained it, it's not mm -hmm. odd at all. It yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. And even the fact of looking for small dark spaces, because that's womb like, so it's yeah. so interesting that in the birthing process, seeking comfort, like just like the space that you merged into the world from, yeah. it's fascinating. But was not expecting the twist where sometimes <laughs> that's the toilet. <laughs> the toilet is a very good place to labor. Um, and, yeah, and we so, some midwives will say, make sure the baby's not crowning there. And are people doing, I mean, the movies and uh, pop culture gives us ideas of the types of spaces that, people birth in, mm -hmm. do you find that people say if they're entering a delivery delivery room, they keep it as is, or are people altering and like using their essential oils, changing the lighting, bringing special blankets? Um, 
Again, so I the cannot, reference is social media, yeah. right? So how true is that to real life? It's, I think one of the, the things that we I do as a birth educator and as a doula is to really open people's mind about their their options, right? So it doesn't have to be done in such a way just because we saw it on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and really, actually, that kind of environment where, you know, women are giving birth on their back, unless they choose to, it's counterproductive to the, the physiological process. Um, so, again, explaining to, to parents that they have options, you know, the bright, the bright lights don't need to be on. Um, Even yes, in the hospital environment? They don't need to That's be great. on. That's great. That's great um, to know. They, you know, and... Um, they can bring their own sense and and they can bring their music and um, they can wear their own clothes. And, you know, as much, you know, if the um, birthing in the hospital setting, which is the case from, you know, again, 99% of the women um, and families having their babies um, in Bermuda currently, um, they can make that space their own to uh, as much as possible and you know labor in their own environment until it's time to to move so um definitely a lot especially in the context of people who are you know i see the the births that are happening because we have clients who've hired us those those that population understands their options yeah and they can really make that environment their own that's beautiful You've kind of answered a question that I had coming in, was wondering how many or the percentage proportion of births in Bermuda take place at home. So based on your figure, is it like uh, 1% or less? Yeah. I, um, I'm For yeah. a rough figure? So last year we had, I, I don't have the figures, but I um, about three or four. And in 2020, we had one. Um, so it's, with, but I would say it's le- with less than ten a year, and so it's, it's small, and that would be a topic for another. Yeah, podcast. definitely. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I I understand from my previous background how yeah. complicated that is in it the is. in the Bermuda context, but uh, it's still interesting that the 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 prevalence of births in the hospital um, are as high as they are considering how much information is available. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting that uh, the hospital and the medical environment is still a popular choice. It is. Yeah, and, and also the empowerment that can take place that's like kind of it fusing uh, you a know, holistic approach with the medicine, conventional it's it's it, it all goes down to how the person felt regardless of where they were and i am an advocate for you know midwifery led care and you know women centered care however that happens and whoever is giving it uh, but i'm not under the illusion that just because we have midwifery led care that you know the birth can be perfect you know all in different contexts you know um less of an ideal birth can happen 
um, at the end of the day, you know, how the families feel. Um, yeah, it's energetic, like what you yeah. can create in any space. Yeah. And we, although we know that, you know, there is the statistics and, 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 and the data support, um, you know, a, a, the midwifery-led care where, a, you know, or women-centered care, however that might happen. But it's, it's very complicated in Bermuda um, and, and in other places to, to make that a, a safe and collaborative process for all of them. So I think that the reason why the numbers are so high is there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, lots of conversations that need to, to happen. Yeah. And, um, but it's good that in the meantime, even in a conventional medical setting, that doula services are allowed and available and people can create the space that they, they want to have for their birth, which isn't all like items and physicality. It's the energy around how you're feeling and what's happening. Exactly. And you get to be a part of that on a regular basis. I'm so lucky. Oh, so it's the start of the year. Have you had any births yet this year? I have not. I just came back. Have you anticipated for um, January or February? Um, Maybe that might be my final question. Are there seasons to birth in Bermuda? Do you yes, find? My, I can say that my busiest months Yeah, I want to know those. My busiest months are um, March, May, August. And November, so and they is March cut much babies or what's March? I'm trying to th- trying to count back from March. Yeah, I months. know that the the May babies are cut match babies. The May is cut match babies. Um, the August babies are usually Christmas. November are around the Valentine's Ooh. season, uh, and I'm trying March is kind of Heroes Weekend. Uh, but yeah, we get the the most requests during those months. Um, so, so your next upswing is coming in March? Uh, February is February. busy as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know my colleagues have had um, babies during during the Christmas season and, um, and, and this year as well. But I, th- this is my first day back to work. From, from holiday, from, from being back home in Ethiopia. Well, happy transitioning back to work life here. Thank you. And all the best with all the work that's coming up this year and also how you and your business may evolve. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for speaking you for with me. us. Thank you. That's great, me. baby. Thank you. My first podcast. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you, of course, to dear Fabian for sharing her knowledge and experience with us so we can appreciate the priceless value of a doula. Finally, a special thank you to our sponsor, Lindos. Why go anyplace else? I'll connect with you all again in February. We'll have another engaging conversation to help you support your best health.